Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. here and welcome to another edition of the art of manliness podcast so we've written about habits a lot on the website we've had experts on habits on the podcast before and the reason why i talk about habits so much because i i'm a big believer that forming good habits and breaking those bad ones is an integral role in becoming the man you want to be the person you want to be because the more you can offload right those things you're supposed to do and make them go on autopilot because of habit formation the better you are it frees up mental ram space for more important things more high level things uh, so i brought on uh today's guest name is manish sati he's the founder of a new company called pavlock uh, and what pavlock is we'll talk about it in more detail in the podcast but it's a wearable device that's connected to an app that's designed to help you form good habits and break bad ones and one of the ways it does that is that the wearable device shocks you. So it's kind of it's kind of wicked, but it's pretty cool. Uh, anyways, in this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, what the research says the best way to form habits are. And one thing that Manish uh, emphasizes that a lot of people who write about habits don't really talk about is the power of the stick, uh, the power of punishment in helping us get motivated to do things we're supposed to do and stop doing things we're supposed to do. A lot of times when people talk about habit formation, it's all about the reward. You're supposed to give yourself a little reward when you form that habit, which is an important part, uh, but the stick is also uh, can, be, can also be very powerful. Uh, we're going to talk about the role that social pressure plays in habit formation. We're going to talk about the power of micro habits, and we're going to talk about the differences between men and women and how they uh, form and break habits. So it's a really fascinating discussion. Oh, and then we'll talk about Pavlov because it's pretty cool. Looking forward to see how that shakes out anyways great podcast so let's do this Manish Sethi welcome to the show hi all right so give us a little bit of background on yourself for those who aren't familiar you got a, a blog uh, called hack the system uh, where you write about uh, life hacking productivity hacking hacking habits uh, what what's your focus on with your website and your work yeah, well, the irony is that it's super not focused, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, that's been like my background was always being very, very um, good at coming up with ideas, but being very bad at focusing. And so my background started with this website, Hack the System, which involved a multitude of different hacks, unfocused but pretty good content in my opinion. Things like travel hacking, getting free plane tickets, um, 
things like productivity hacking, how to get how to improve your productivity instantly, um, social hacking, how to become a famous DJ in Berlin, lots of stuff about breaking into new environments and uh, improving yourself. But uh, it was all focused on kind of tr the, the main focus was travel and how to do things with yourself, like hack your body while you travel was the main focus. And I noticed the weird thing about it was that the more I traveled, the harder it was to actually focus on anything. And uh, that's why we started doing these productivity hacks, which became popular in Hack the System, um, trying to identify what makes people, and particularly myself, become focused. That's what, that's what uh, Hack the System has been about. All right. So this, this naturally uh, brought you um, to start focusing on habits. Like what gets people to do good habits and how can you break bad habits? Um, is that... Yeah, so, so, yeah, what happened was like as I was traveling, I was trying to do more. But the irony is that look, I'm extremely ADD. That's that's obvious. It's open. Um, and for someone like me, moving to a new city and traveling is beautiful, but it's extremely difficult to keep any sort of routine or any sort of focus. So uh, when I started doing these productivity hacks, I started to see what would work. What could I do in a new city? What could I do anywhere in the world that regardless of where I was would help contain my ADD-ness and help me execute. Um, my, my most well-known example uh, was when I hired a girl whose job was to sit down next to me and every time I used Facebook, she slapped me in the face. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, Why I Hired a Girl Off of Craigslist to Slap Me in the Face or something. Um, and I wrote an article about this because I tracked my productivity during this time and usually I'm 28% productive. That means 28% of my time is spent in productive apps or on productive websites. How do you, um, how do you measure that? And I use a website called rescue time, which knows what apps you're in and uh, websites. And then it comes up the calculation based on what other users have voted that site to be how productive it is. Okay. Um, so I noticed that when she was with me, my productivity skyrocketed to 98%. And I found it really interesting because the act of having a girl sit down next to me and every time I use Facebook, she slapped me in the face was motivational from two different aspects. First of all, the fear of the, sh of the slap motivated me, but also she was kind of an accountability buddy. Like when I wanted to write an article, one of my, my assignments was to write a guest post for someone. And I asked her to like, hey, could you look up an image while I'm typing out this article? How does this paragraph sound? And I found that by having the fear of, of her hitting me if I was bad, and the benefit of having a friend to work on a project with me, like an accountability partner, I had managed to skyrocket my productivity as long as she was with me. That's awesome. I want to get more into detail about the negative reinforcement here in a bit. But based on your research, uh, what does the research say on, on the best way to form or break habits? Sure. Uh, the research has shown that the best way to form habits is, uh, I mean, you've made a bunch of posts about it. The Q routine reward system is really powerful for forming good habits. I have some side analyses that use more physiological information that I'm happy to talk about. It's really interesting. Yeah, actually. I'd love to hear that. But, um, yeah, so if you're not familiar with like the Charles Duhigg Q routine reward method, I think we should talk, uh, take a second and define what a habit is. Okay. Um, a habit is uh, when a trigger, when something triggers you, be it an internal sensation or uh, like a, or an external trigger, like a notification on your phone, when this trigger causes your brain to go into an automatic mode. So for example, 
as soon as you uh, get into the bathroom in the morning, the trigger of walking into the bathroom causes you to reach for your toothpaste and automatically put the toothpaste on and automatically start brushing your teeth in almost the same way every day. When your brain experiences this trigger in the same context, it goes into this automatic mode where essentially your prefrontal cortex stops activating, your thought process stops activating, and you just go into this basal ganglia habit motion where you just do what you've always done. Um, that's what a habit is. So the research has found that the best way to change a habit is by identify, or to, I'm sorry, to form a habit is to identify what trigger is going to form this habit. And you can, uh, depending on what the habit is, it could be, a, a, it should be easy, like a trigger that's automatic in your day. And, uh, and it's very, very easy to do the action. So um, let me explain that. If you want to go to the gym, for example, you might make the trigger after I leave my house on my way to work, I will walk by my gym because it's already on my path, for example. That trigger of seeing the gym will, will be my trigger. Now, the next step is the routine. So the, the, the cue or trigger or reminder are all the same. That's just, those are just synonyms. Um, the next step is the routine. So that's the action you want to do, uh, the action of exercising at the gym. And then the third step is the reward. It often starts off with a external reward, like if I go to the gym, I'll get a cookie, or if I go to the gym, I'll earn money. And it eventually becomes, and its most powerful win, it's an internal reward. I want to go to the gym because I want to feel good. The, yeah. science, the science has shown that if you can identify a trigger that you can constantly do every day, you continue to go and do the routine, and you reward yourself somehow, the, the, the habit will after 30, I'm sorry, after 20 to 84 days, average 66 days, the habit will become formed in your brain to the point where it requires more willpower to not do the action than to do the action. When that happens, then the habit is a habit. It's actually become so encompassed in your brain, you can't not do it. What role does dopamine play? Because I know that that plays a big role in habit form, or is, does it not? You know, I don't want to answer what I'm not 100% sure about. My thinking is that dopamine acts as a reward. It acts as a reward uh, pathway. So sure. uh, when you experience like the, the rush of success, you can activate a dopamine pathway. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to go there sure. if you're not sure. Okay. Okay. So, okay. That's how you form habits. But how do you, what does the research say, research say on breaking habits? Like, what do you do? Sure. And so this is where I differ from the masses. Okay. Um, people have shown, I mean, if you read Charles Duhigg's book, if you read a lot of books, they say continuously, there's only the only way to break a bad habit is to substitute, to, to, to change the habit. You can never break a habit, but you can change it. So every time that you get up to smoke a cigarette, if you start to, the trigger is around 3 PM, the action is I go outside and smoke a cigarette and the reward is the burst of chemicals that, uh, of pleasure from the nicotine. Um, if you wanted to change that habit, you would start off by identifying the trigger, which is about 3 p.m. You would change the routine. So instead of going to smoke a cigarette, you might take a walk in the park instead. A lot of smokers tend to replace it with an oral fixation of eating. So they'll go and eat a sandwich rather than smoking the cigarette. And then the reward is whatever the reward is. Uh, if it's for smoking, a lot of times the reward is based on the act of of going out and actually taking a break from work. That's the reward. So the walk might satisfy that. Uh, it sometimes is 
the act of putting something in your mouth, the eating might satisfy that. Um, so the, the research has said that if you identify the trigger, you substitute a routine and you attempt to keep the same reward or a similar reward, after a while, you'll just start doing the proper action. Now, there's another type of conditioning that's been shown in scientific textbooks and with animals to work called Pavlovian conditioning. And I conjecture that this is the system, the best type of conjecture, the best type of conditioning to break bad habits at its source in the, in the, in the deep recesses of the brain. And so this is where my product Pavlock, my company comes from. Um, it's similar to having a girl slap you every time you go on Facebook, but instead of it being a girl slapping you, it's just a wristband that shocks you yeah. every time you go on Facebook. Right. And essentially Pavlovian conditioning, uh, for most people, uh, if you're not familiar, it's, uh, from Pavlov, Ivan Pavlov, who had Pavlov's dogs. He noticed that when he showed them, uh, meat at the same time as ringing a bell, that they would start to associate the idea of the bell with the the view the visual um, cue of the meat, and they would start to salivate, even if he removed the meat. They would just get ready for lunch, even when he started to ring the bell. Kind of like when your cat, if you like turn on the, tu- the 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 food dispenser, the cat rushes over, even if he hasn't seen the tuna. He's associated those two stimuli together. What I've what we found is that if you start to add a negative punishment, a negative stimulus, and you add that to the moment you do an action. Uh, and this is important, the moment you do an action, like you're uh, not, not a little bit later, but instantaneously, your brain will start to confuse the signals. And it starts to think that the act of the bad habit is causing the negative stimulus. So it starts to stop doing that negative action in the first place. So um, let's look at a good example of this. If you have your mother over you when you're a kid, And every time you are trying to put the dishes away, she reminds you, hey, put it away this way. No, that goes there. No, that goes there. After a while, you'll start to put it where it's supposed to go because each time it's shaped the way you you make your motion. On the other hand, if you go to Taco Bell, it tastes great tonight. It It feels horrible tomorrow morning. Because those are so distant apart, you know from a human rational perspective that the Taco Bell is causing the sickness, but you don't, your brain, your habit brain doesn't associate those two. So it won't break the habit. Now experimentation has been done with alcohol and tobacco where they'll associate a shock or uh, a chemical that makes you vomit instantly at the moment of the cigarette smoke or the moment of drinking alcohol, you'll begin to get sick. And that has extremely, extremely high success rates on breaking the habits of alcoholism and tobacco cigarette addiction. Isn't there some sort of like drug to overcome tobacco addiction where like it makes you nauseous? I think I've, yeah. I have a friend that, that took that. Like he just felt sick every time. Like he smoked a cigarette, he got sick and then he just like, he just stopped smoking cause he's tired of feeling sick. Exactly. Exactly. There's actually a, a treatment center called the Shikshadel treatment center that does version therapy, this kind of therapy. And uh, they did a study where they took a bunch of people who were addicted to cigarette smoking for many years and uh, their, their treatment method is a couple weeks, a few weeks of uh, f- about half an hour or so a day. They'll smoke a cigarette, a bunch of cigarettes in a chamber. And every time they put the cigarette to their lips, the doctor shocks them. Every time they, then they'll look at some cigarettes and they'll get shocked. Every time they, uh, and then they'll, they'll essentially train them with this period over a period of a few weeks to uh, administer shocks. And then they actually go home and self-administer shocks for a few weeks where they'll smoke a cigarette and shock themselves. And the, the treatment group had a greater than 50% uh, 
quitting cigarette smoke at rate after a year. So a year later, less than half the people had smoked a second cigarette, which is higher than any form of smoking cessation therapy in the world, including uh, nicotine patches or cold turkey or meditation. Nothing at all has been as effective as, uh, as aversion therapy for cigarette addiction. Very interesting. So yeah, I mean, that's what's in, So yeah, you're right. Like the literature on habit formation, they're always focused on like rewarding yourself, right? Like whenever you read a blog post or a book, it's like, you know, go to the gym. And if you go to the gym, you know, give yourself a cookie or something like at the end of the week. Um, but you uh, seem to focus on this, this stick aspect mm-hmm. of habit formation. I mean, what, why are, why are sticks so effective, right? I mean, I guess it just, it feels bad. I mean, is that why, is that the effectiveness? Cause it, we don't like feeling bad. So we will do whatever we can to avoid feeling bad. Is that the power of the stick? The power of the stick comes from your brain. Essentially it's, um, the part of the brain that's ignited when the action occurs. So let me give you an example, Brett. Um, would you run a marathon today? I would not. If I said, hey, I have your wife and kids and I'll only give them back to you if you run a marathon today, would you run a marathon? I would I would indeed run a marathon at that point. Yeah. In fact, if I said something as simple as, hey, Brett, I have $50 of yours and I'll only give it back to you if you run a marathon, you're infinitely more likely to do it for that fear of losing the $50 than, uh, than not. The fear of missing out, the fear of losing what you already have motivates your ape brain. The act of potentially winning a reward activates your human brain. The trick is to identify how those work and how to best utilize that that fact to form and break the best habits. Um, I'll give you an example from my own life. So I started implementing a system to, um, to make me do stuff. And I noticed that I tend to get lost. I tend to use Facebook, whatever. I get lost in the middle of the day and I don't even know what I'm doing at some point. And I decided to say, I noticed that bets worked really well on me. So if I say, I'm not going to eat any cookies today. If I see cookies, sorry, man, I'm going to eat it. If I say, I'm not going to eat any cookies today, or I will give James 50 bucks for every cookie I eat. Suddenly the conversation in my brain switches from maybe I can just have one. It changes to, I'm not going to pay James 50 bucks for that cookie, right? There's no way. But what's interesting is from a willpower perspective, your brain utilizes it in a completely different way. When you're having to make a decision, like, should I have a cookie? Should I have a little bit? Is it okay? Does it meet my carb goals? You're using up willpower with all of those decisions. It's called decision fatigue. When it's, I don't want that cookie because it's not worth 50 bucks to me. I don't want to lose it. Then you'll instantaneously just not, it doesn't use willpower. So um, one, one really good example of this is an experiment I ran on myself where I said to myself, okay, every day that uh, I, I did a one-month experiment um, saying if I finish my three to-dos each day, I get to give myself this reward, um, which is irrelevant. And then I said um, – and I noticed that every single one of the uh, – so if – I'm sorry. It was um, – what was it? It was if I do this action every day. Uh, if I finish my three to do's, I get to give myself a reward. What happened was I got it like twice in the whole month. Then the second month I said, if I don't finish my three to do's, I have to pay. It was like $50. It was, if I, if I do three to do's, I earn $50 that worth like twice or three times. If I don't finish all my to do's, I have to pay $50 and I finished it every single day. It was fascinating. The difference was not was just a name, just a word. 
It was the difference between me getting $50 versus me giving $50. But the result was astronomical. And that had to do with the act of willpower and, uh, and, the, and utilizing your basal ganglia, you know, your ape brain, rather than focusing on rewards. Now, one thing, Brett, that's interesting is um, we found, we've done a lot of research with negative and positive rewards. And we in no way focus on negative reinforcement. We do come across as focusing on negative performance. So Pavlok shocks you. That sounds really negative. Yes, it is. Um, Pavlok also rewards you though. So it's what we found is that negative reinforcement is extremely powerful to get you started and get you going. Positive reinforcement is important to make that habit stick. If you utilize the two in conjunction, for example, every day I don't go to the gym, I get charged $50. But if I go to the gym every day for the week on Friday, I get to give myself a massage. Suddenly, you're getting negative and positive rewards. And after a while, you'll notice that you'll not, you'll never miss the negative. It's, or it's very rare that you'll miss a negative punishment because you just don't want to suffer the punishment. So you stop thinking about it. You're just like, obviously I'm going to go. I hope I can go all five days this week. So I get that. Uh, I get to get myself a massage and, uh, the negative punishment can actually be removed at that point. Then keep the positive or don't. It doesn't matter. The habit has become formed in your brain. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try fast growing trees right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants and listeners to our show, get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code manliness at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code manliness at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code manliness offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. 
By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, and I, I've, I've noticed this in my own life as well, um, because I think, yeah, the problem, like you said, the problem is as human beings, we have a hard time imagining what obtaining whatever reward is would actually be like, right? Like you can think, okay, you know, if I do all this work, I can make a million dollars one day, but it's like, it's so ethereal that it's like, it's not very motivating because you just forget about it. But that loss aversion, right? Studies after, have you said, have shown like we are loss averse creatures. We'd rather lose, uh, you know, we, we'd rather like, well, there's a study about like a coffee mug where like people like researchers gave people like a, a chintzy coffee mug. Um, and like people got really protective of this chintzy coffee mug. They would do all these things to avoid losing this coffee mug. But if they said, oh, if you do this one thing, you get this coffee mug and people are like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't. Yeah, I don't need it, a coffee. Mug. I don't need a coffee mug. But once you have it, like you want to keep it. Um, so yeah, I've done that before, like with writing. If like I've had a, like there's like a an article like just like I don't want to do, like I'll uh put you know money on the line and say if I don't finish it by this time, then I'm gonna you know give this money to such and such person. And man, I get it done without fail. So Brett, you and I had a call a podcast interview a few weeks ago, and that podcast interview really like changed the, what I do. I've implemented two habits almost every single day since we had it, and I started to think a lot about it the last few days while I was prepping for this interview. Um, so we mentioned on our call flossing, and we mentioned on our call journaling. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that I really wanted to start journaling. I think I added you on the on the Pavlock app, and you got a download or something. And you, yeah, you reported me as not having journal when I totally journaled, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what happened was interesting because I started to focus on that as a habit. And I actually have journaled every single day in the last 40 days with the exception of two since then. And I found it interesting to see how I fit that in because it came after our call. Uh, and it was different than the way I added the, the um, 
flossing habit. So those two were formed, those two habits formed using two different mechanisms that I think are interesting. And I want to tell you them because I think your sure. readers would like yeah. them. Um, the first one about journaling started off with our call. It was an accountability bet. I will journal or if I don't, I will be, you know, Brett will see that. I promise to, to send him the picture. And that was motivational because I, because I respect you and I wanted to actually get it done. After that happened, I started to, um, I noticed that I made it very simple. It was just write one page, very easy. You can't fail. A few times, <laughs> I should show you this. A few times I went, I went out for drinks and I came home at like 1148 one night and I had like totally not journaled and it was 1148 and I was like out of my mind and I'm like, oh God, oh God, I got a journal and I fell asleep with my journal on my chest and I woke up and it was 1.5 pages. I can't read a single word, but it was done. So at least the, like the habit was formed. The journal might've sucked, but it was done. Um, so that started off with a negative reinforcement bet with the positive benefit of accountability. Um, and it led to a very clear cut goal that formed over time. The second one, uh, flossing was really interesting because flossing we both know has actually really, really positive benefits, yeah. like an average of four to seven extra years of lifespan casually, not, not correlative. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, and also what's interesting about it is that we already brush our teeth. Flossing is a natural second step. So what I started to do was I wrote this list right here. It's my morning ritual for the morning. And I wrote down 13 things that I've always wanted to do. And, I, and the first one was wake up and uh, HRV, it doesn't matter. Second was brush, the third one was floss. And then I stuck this in my bathroom and I got up and I said, all right, for the first few days, I'm just gonna try to follow the list, all 13 th things, noting that journaling is on the list as well. And what happened was because it was laid out for me in a very automatic plan that required no decision, wake up and just go through the checklist. And because brushing was targeted next to flossing, and then thirdly, because I had a friend who was good at flossing, teach me the secret to easy flossing, which is like, I just, flossing was hard to me. I just didn't really know if I was doing it right. And he, he bought me the right contraption that makes flossing easy. And now suddenly, dude, I floss like twice a day. I feel that weird feeling where I need to get that like piece of something left in my, uh, left out. Uh, and also... I managed to do like all 13 of these habits at the same time by chunking, which is a technique that I don't think enough people ever do with their habits. Um, morning routines are really good examples of chunking. You can, I formed four habits I've been working, for, working on for a year at the same time because I actually only formed one habit, the habit of doing this list. And because one of them is journaling, you know, there's a bunch of things I wanted to do, I've managed to incorporate all of that into one chunked habit. Uh, starting off with the, the pain of losing money if I didn't do all of them and ending up with the positive of just internal feeling being great. That's awesome. That's really cool. So let's, let's talk a little more about that. Let's talk about Pavlov. Cause like this, that's what it, it Pavlov gets a lot of attention. All right. You guys were on the Colbert report. Uh, it's cause it's a, it's a device you wear around your wrist, sort of like a fitness tracker. Um, and it shocks you um, if you don't do something that you're supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's that whole idea, like if you don't journal, so like, how does that work? I mean, so how does it know if you haven't done your things? So do you have to have an account? Is there like an app with it? Like that, where you have an accountability partner, how does that work? Sure. Um, so for Pavlok, what we found is that operant conditioning or rewards and punishment are extremely powerful for forming new habits. Pavlovian conditioning is extremely powerful for breaking bad habits. 
So they, it works in two different ways, a kind of tangents. What the, let's, let's, so what you, what you just mentioned about, um, about, uh, about forming a new habit, about uh, it might shock you if you, do something, if you don't do something good. What this does is it allows you to form a new habit by committing to do something. Anything that's measurable is a really good use case, like GPS if you want to go to the gym, or 10,000 steps tracked by your wristband, or um, going like writing a, a thousand words in in a in an app each day, or uh, going through a Duolingo class each day. All of those are very trackable habits. So what we do is we have an open API that lets you commit to doing something. If you do it on time, you earn a reward. Uh, it can be points, it can be money, it can be um, gift cards. If you don't do it, you're charged a larger, a larger penalty. So you might say, every day I don't go to the gym, I lose 10 bucks. Every day I do go to the gym, I earn 25 or 50 cents. And if I go to the gym for 30 days, I earn a big bonus. Um, what we found is that the fear of losing money really gets people to get there. The act of making it, uh, the act of adding rewards makes them stick. Now, uh, so that, uh, the, uh, the penalties can range. So the first thing we said was money. Another penalty might be a post on your Facebook wall. A third one might be that it lets your friends shock you from across the internet. And the fear of the shock might get you there or help, helps reinforce you getting there. The fear of the shock is more powerful than the shock. And this is negative reinforcement. Taking away a negative thing is negative reinforcement. On the other hand, if we're trying to break bad habits, we use positive punishment, which is the act of adding something negative to the task that you don't want to do. And this is classical uh, Pavlovian conditioning. So every time I open my refrigerator door, it beeps and shocks me. Every time I go on Facebook, it shocks me. Uh, every time I open up 10 tabs, it vibrates. 11 tabs, it beeps. 12 tabs, it shocks me. And what happens is because we've added this instantaneous negative stimulus to an action that's trackable and measurable and I don't want to do anymore, my brain at the beginning gets a little annoyed and pissed off. Like every time I'm biting my nails, it's vibrating and beeping and shocking, right? Every time I'm doing that, it's, it's getting annoying. But after a while, it's so annoyed that it just stops thinking about doing it at all. When the punishment continuously is occurring, your brain stops thinking about doing it at all. Let me clean that up because that's a really important point. Um, I measured my Facebook usage and my Facebook usage is very no, – I never go to Facebook. I always find myself on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I just sit down and my brain just moves me to the – like I open tab F, enter, something I'm chatting. What we're trying to do is reverse that in the brain. So every time I opened up Facebook for about a week and a half, the wristband shocked me instantly. It just shocked me instantly. Every minute I was on it, it would shock me again. And it became annoying. So I, at the beginning, I got shocked over and over again, over and over again. Then I started to go off a, a little less, then less, because I'd remember, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll use it later. But then a week later, I took a trip, and I went to California. And I checked my Facebook, and I realized I hadn't logged in in like three days. That's unheard of for me. What had happened is my brain was so used to being shocked when it checked Facebook that it just stopped thinking about ever – going to Facebook again, you start, so does that make sense? Yeah. That make, yeah. You don't even like think you don't obsess about it. Cause I think that's a, one problem that a lot of people have when they're trying to break a bad habit is that you try to, it becomes the white elephant, right? It's like the, like even when you're trying not to do it, like you think about it because you're trying not to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but so you end up doing it, like you become obsessed with it. 
And that's the decision fatigue too. The act of thinking about not doing it is using up your willpower reserves and it makes it harder each time to resist doing it. It's like, uh, it just, you're like the more often you have to think about it and say no, the more often you're likely later on in the day to do it. Um, this is a side note, really interesting for, uh, for, uh, for tricking yourself into not doing something or doing something. They did a bunch of studies where they asked people to like eat gummy bears or not eat gummy bears when they were just left out on the table. And um, what they found was that if the person made the decision to eat the gummy bear, it used up willpower. If they made the decision to not eat the gummy bear, it used up willpower. The only time it did not use up willpower was when they said, ah, I will eat it later. Mm-hmm. What they had done was close a loop in their brain where they said, I'm allowed to eat that. I don't have to not eat it, but I'll just eat it later. It closes the white elephant loop in your brain. So if you ever have anything that you're thinking about that you just can't stop thinking about and uh, you're trying to quit and you're just like feeling like you're about to give in, one secret is just to tell yourself, I'll do it later. It's okay. I can have it later. Just not right now. And your brain will stop thinking about it. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, so there's um, so with the Pavlov, there's, there's shocking um, beating the and vibration. beating vibrations. There's the money aspect. And I guess that works with an app, right? So you sign up in it with an account and, um, you know, you can connect it yeah. to something or other where. I, it, yeah, actually we have a, what we realize is for the operant conditioning, uh, the forming new habits angle, the wristband is really, 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 uh, it's a, it's a great next step and it's really effective, but it's not necessary. Um, Breaking bad habits, you need the wristband. It's important because you need that instantaneous feedback. Forming new habits, you can make the penalties things like posting on your Facebook wall or uh, losing money. And so we're trying to, we're about to re- we're releasing the app early. Even if you don't have the wristband, you'll be able to use it to get accountability partners and form new habits. Um, I'm going to see if I can make a page for you guys at like, uh, maybe it'll be padlock.com forward slash AOM. Yeah. And, um, I'll try to get an early access app to as many people as I can. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. And yeah. then I think, I think what's really interesting is that, that sort of it's like that public shaming aspect of Pavlock where like it posts to your Facebook that you didn't go to the gym. Uh, how effective is public shaming to getting you to do what you want to do or are supposed to do? This is what cracked me up yesterday on the Colbert Report when we had this three-minute segment and he tells about a shocking and people in the audience were like, oh, and then he talks about like a charging you money and they're like, oh, and then he said, and then it posts on your Facebook wall and the crowd erupts in laughter and like, I'm like, really? Is that what motivates you people more than anything? Apparently, different people are motivated by different things. In our own research, we found that uh, men are more motivated by money. And women are more motivated by um, accountability of being seen for their failure. But I think at its core, it's the idea of people knowing that you said you're going to do something and you didn't do something that can be very, very motivational. I honestly believe that teams or a single accountability partner are more effective than a generalized Facebook posting. That said, it's posted on my Facebook wall three times. And dude, the comments are just like, so, ah, uh, like they jump on me like, hey, what, 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 you should, what you should be, I'm like, I'm testing the app, bro. It doesn't <laughs> actually, I, I went to the gym. <laughs> That's really funny. So yeah, like uh, that, that, the fear of being known as a failure at your goals, it, it can get you to do what you're supposed to do. 
and this is like the one of the most depressing things about about people who are trying to do something new is a lot of research shows that when they talk to other people about what they're doing in their brain it's actually closing the loop mm. on the reward it's like the act of telling somebody that they are going to do something the person's like oh that's awesome you totally should they are like that is awesome i'm going to go smoke a bunch of pot now <laughs> like it it doesn't it doesn't actually make them uh, do it doesn't actually make them clean up and finish up the loop but being a like, motivation is a very uh, precarious slope because it disappears quickly. Uh, what I've tried to do is identify that when you, instead of relying on motivation and willpower to form a new habit or make a new behavior, if you rely on using that motivation and willpower to create the system that won't let you fail, that system that won't let you fail, I think that the accountability aspect of uh, posting your Facebook wall, for instance, is extremely powerful there because you're continuously reminded when you fail. Yeah. If you focused all of your motivation and willpower on that, on on uh, sometimes it's not even that hard. It's just pressing the button in the Pavlock app. You know, I commit. Um, or, but for some people, it's about finding the accountability partner. Then you've suddenly created. Uh, you've actually used your willpower effectively, and that's the correct way to process. Uh, a new behavior habit. Gotcha. Well, that's really cool. Um, so I, I, our time is running up. Um, and yeah, I would love if you can create like a link for our, our listeners to check out, get an early access to the app. That'd yeah. be awesome. Uh, but besides, you know, downloading Pavlock, um, what can, I mean, we've kind of hit on some really great tips that guys can start using today to start making and breaking habits. But if there's like one or two things you would recommend guys do start doing today to mm -hmm. uh, form or break bad habits, what would the, what would those be? Sure. I mean, honestly, man, I want everyone who's watched this podcast to just think about themselves. What's something they know they could do, like they know they should and could, but just haven't been. And I want them to tell their friend or loved one, dude, I'll give you 10 bucks tomorrow if I don't do this act. And just watch what happens. It's actually freaking fascinating. Yeah. Your brain, it's, you're going to wake up tomorrow and all you're going to do is think about, oh, I just got to do that. I 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 got to freaking do that. And you'll do it. And then you'll be like, Oh, I did it. And that's it. And you'll be like, oh, and then you'll probably forget about it and be like, oh, I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle. But then if they started to make that bet more constant, in fact, pre-organizing and pre-engineering a second bet or a week of bets or three weeks or four weeks of bets, they'll find that after a while, it'll become such a habit that they can't not do it. And um, the beauty of these things, man, the beauty of habits is that you are what you repeatedly do. And if you take a single person who for the net, for one year, his habit of after he comes home, he watches TV and you take a second person whose habit is after he comes home, he writes two pages to a novel. If you look at them a year from today, the first person will have watched every episode of Friends once and the second person will have written a novel of 700 page length. And the difference in there, but the interesting part is that neither of them used more willpower than the other person. The first person had the habit of TV. The second person had the habit of, of writing, but the person they become is astronomical. So starting small, make a bet, see what happens. Um, as for, um, for Pavlock though, we also have an Indiegogo campaign going, I believe right now, if you head over to pavlock.com, you'll be able to see it and pavlock.com forward slash AOM. I'll put a bunch of links and resources and an ebook for everybody to read. Awesome. Well, Manish said, he, so, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Sure, man. I can't wait to, uh, to shock you across the internet pretty soon. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I, I've got one pre-order and I'm looking forward to checking it out. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, man. Our guest today was Manish Sethi. He is the founder of Pavlock. And you can find out more information about, about Pavlock at 
aom.is slash pavlok, P-A-V-L-O-K. That's aom.is slash pavlok, P-A-V-L-O-K. And also make sure to check out Manisha's blog at Hack the System. Uh, Some interesting content there as well. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, again, I'd really appreciate it if you'd go on to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever else it is you use to listen to the podcast. Give us a rating. Uh, That would really appreciate that and help us out a lot. And until next time, stay manly. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.